Welcome to Thin Blue Line TV. My name is Ray Dietrich. I'm a former lawman, and now I spend my time fighting the false narratives against police every single day. So this show, we changed up formats. We were doing a daily, it got to be too much, just being honest, right? Uh, we're gonna do a full show every Friday and drop some interviews along the week, and I'll be bringing on your favorite police people in police world every, every week to talk about what's hot in policing. Uh, discuss viral videos or whatever we have going on. So we'll start off with the Biden gun grab, okay? He's creating a strike force in the name of crushing crime. So what's going on is the Democrats are getting absolutely destroyed for this narrative of defunding the police that they ran with for a year. And now that crime is skyrocketing, they're trying to run for cover. First, they tried to blame the Republicans. That didn't work out because pretty much everyone knows that's a blatant lie. And now they're going to blame guns. So it's it's not any of the other things that are going on that I'm going to get into. It's guns. Like, let, let's go after guns. Let's start a strike force. So uh, Sleepy Joe had a meeting with some some woke police chiefs and mayors. You know, Mariel Bowser from D.C., the chief of uh, Chicago PD was there. Um, nobody that's going to give any pushback. They had a meeting this week and they, they're setting up this uh, commission to, to crack down on the flow of legal firearms to end gun violence. So let me give you a Biden quote. Uh, the, let's see. The first of those that work is stemming the flow of firearms used to commit fi violent crimes. It includes cracking down and holding rogue gun dealers accountable for violating federal laws. The new effort will involve the creation of five new strike forces aimed at illegal gun flows from New York to the Bay Area. And then Biden went along to say that, you know, in, a, in an effort to uh, reduce gun violence, he's funding mental health services and housing and job training for the formerly incarcerated. I, we used to call them convicts, but I guess it's formerly incarcerated now. And all the while, well, in 2020, homicides were up 30% across the country and, and gun violence is out of control in, in big blue cities. Like that's where we're at right now. Look what happens in Chicago every single weekend. It's, it's incredible the amount of violence that's occurring on our streets. Look, in my time on the streets, and I worked in Southern California, I trained in South Central LA. I'm, I'm no stranger to gun violence. Guess how many times I encountered crimes that occurred with legal guns. Zero. Now, I'm not saying that they don't. I'm saying me personally, never have I encountered a crime where the suspect used a legal gun, okay? That's not how it works. They're stolen, they're trafficked, they're whatever, but they're not legal, okay? That's not how it works. Hey, Joe, let me fix your problem. Your, your gun violence problem, your surging crime problem that you're setting up these strike forces with ATF agents that will do nothing to, to help the cause. I've got two things for you to do. Number one, support the police so they feel like they can do their job and not get handed to the mob for doing it. And number two, how about we lock up criminals instead of woke bail reform and weak sensing where these thugs are going in one day and, and out the same. You know why we're in a violence problem? You know why we're having a crime surge? Cops are targeted for everything they do, even when they do it right. They're, they're being told by the left, the media, sometimes their own department, police accountability boards, 
a lot of people that they're racist killers. You know, this happens on their own departments. The departments are taking away their ability to be proactive police. You can see it in Chicago where they just took away foot pursuits except for, you know, certain circumstances. Portland, they're talking about taking away traffic stops or they did. You know, you know why there is a crime surge? We don't have cops backs. They're not willing to engage with thugs and, and be handed over to the mob afterwards. Proactive policing is dying in America. When proactive policing goes away, and it's hard to blame the officers with the environment that they're expected to work in, but when it goes away, cops are just left to pick up the pieces. They're responding to calls that already happened or in progress calls, but how fast are they really gonna hurry? When they get handed over to the mob for a throat punch, to someone who's biting them, right? It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're doing it right, you get handed over if it becomes political. That's where we're at. The George Soros progressive communist DAs have become advocates for criminals and not victims. And that's a real problem. You see it often with Chase Boudin in San Francisco and, and George Gascon in LA. They're, they're going back to old cases and, and striking enhancements and, and getting people out of jail who are violent criminals. They're more concerned about criminals' rights than victims' rights. And the person that loses are the citizens. Spend more time going after cops and crooks. That's what these DAs are doing. They refuse to file charges on crimes committed and bail reform puts them back on the street. The cycle repeats. It's not gonna get better until you support the police. Just wake up. So my goal each week is to bring on one of my friends as a guest to break down current law enforcement topics, go through videos, talk anything policing. This week, for the first guest of the new format, bringing on my very good friend, Randy Sutton. Randy is a 30-year cop. He is a cop's cop. This guy bleeds blue. Um, he's a 30-year cop. He ended his, his career out of Las Vegas Metro as a lieutenant. And now he spent the last, I believe, two and a half years doing nothing but promoting a foundation that he created called the Wounded Blue that is a support organization for injured and disabled police officers. So we've got a lot to talk about and we'll bring him on now. Welcome, Randy. All right, you may have seen this already. It's a viral video going all over the internet and the cop haters are latching onto this thing. The uneducated uh, armchair police experts are latching onto this thing. So we're gonna talk about it. It comes out of DeWitt, New York, it's near Syracuse, essentially. A Walmart fight went terribly wrong and a lady ended up with a throat punch and a bystander video went viral. Luckily, the department released the entire body cam. So keep this in mind. I'm, I'm, we're gonna play the video here in a second, but this is what the officers were told to when they re were told when they responded, right? They're dispatched to a store for fighting among five to six people and had been told employees were being threatened, struck in the face and customers had been pepper sprayed. So we'll take it from here and play the video. Get off of me. I'm pregnant. Get off. Yo. Oh, 
Stop. My daughter is out here. You can't be seen. Yo, that's fucked up. So, uh, both were charged. You're looking at second degree attempted assaults on police officers, obstructing, resisting, criminal mischief, disorderly conduct, harassment, and possession of a noxious, noxious material. Um, of course, they're released on tickets later. But here's the thing. DeWitt police have this guy on paid admin leave while they're doing investigation for this. And here's the quote from their lieutenant spokesman guy. Conclusions about whether the actions of the officers are consistent with department policy and, and the law will not be made until all facts are known and the investigation is complete. So, Randy, this guy sitting on the bricks, did he do the right thing? You know, when you are uh, being assaulted, as he was, um, you know, normally, of course, you know, you hear he, he struck a handcuffed prisoner. Well, this handcuffed prisoner was very much a threat at the time that he hit her. And stopping that threat uh, is consistent with most uses of force. So uh, I, I can see that the political aspect of this coming down on him because we know of the in insanity of, the, uh, of the, the political fallout from any use of force now. But when it comes right down to it, this officer didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think he's going to be vindicated because of these videos. And, you know, they're kind of placating the mob while they're doing this. I even had a, I, I, I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday or the day before, and I, I had a cop come back and say, it is never okay to use force on somebody in, in custody or, or with handcuffs. And I'm like, well, what planet I'm not is sure. From? Yeah, I don't know where you worked, guy, but handcuffed people spit, kick, headbutt. They still have access to, to their hands around their waist and other places. They can do lots of stuff. They get out of their cuffs. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where you know, I wish they wouldn't have put him on admin leave. That's the problem I have with this. Like, that, that's the big problem. Like, what message does that give to these cops? Like, they're going out there. They're in a, just a, a, a shit show of an incident. You got people screaming, yelling everywhere, flopping on the ground, kicking, biting, like all of it. You have all those things. They get control. The guy's getting bit, and he delivers a, a throat punch. Perfect. I don't have a problem with that. But why do these departments have to, to throw the admin? I know it's paid leave. That's, that's great and all, but that's where we're headed. Just just bow to the mob, you know, put this guy in the bricks and uh, and hope that he doesn't do any, any more proactive policing. Like, I don't know, man. You know, we just had in, in Las Vegas here where I was a cop, we just had a handcuffed prisoner pull the trigger of a cop's gun and shoot another cop. So the fact that 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 um, that, that an officer told you that there was never an excuse to um, to strike or to use force on a handcuffed prisoner. He's living he, either he's never made an arrest in his life, uh, or uh, or he's he's living under a rock somewhere. Uh, but 
you know, the, the placing someone on admin leave, um, it has a psychological effect on you. You know, you yeah, you're you're suspended. Okay, that's what it really comes down to, officer. You're suspended. Yeah, we're going to pay you, but you're still suspended, and you're going to be facing um, a uh, either a I don't know what they have there, whether they have internal affairs or they have a civilian review board. Um, but we all know that that politics now plays a major role in the decision making uh, when it comes down to law enforcement discipline. Yeah, and, and that that's the psychological effects on these officers. Like people want to know why is crime going up so much? Oh, it's illegal guns. It's this, it's that. Well, half the reason is because everyone's stopped signaling support for the police. And they feel like now if they go out and do their job, they're going to get handed over to the mob. And here we go again, you know, a good use of force, the guys on admin leave, but you mentioned something and we're going to get to this in a moment, these police accountability boards, you, you know, the, these, these horrible civilian functions that, that are out there, like, who, who's going to determine this? Like, I think a lot of these departments are getting to that, like to where they don't even do internal, you know, personnel investigations They're moving on to these accountability boards. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to keep an eye on that. And that Vegas example, we had it on ThimbuLineTV.com. It, it, there's a great video of it. It happened in that elevator. I, I was at Allegiant, I believe, like at the concert. Yeah. And uh, you're right. He was handcuffed. That's a great example. We'll have to show that in here. Um, he handcuffed and he was able to, to, to pull a gun out of a holster and shoot a cop with it. So, yeah, I'm not well, sure that guy worked. He didn't, he didn't actually pull the gun out of the holster. He just stuck his finger in there and pulled the trigger. Oh, I didn't know that. That 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 holster needs to go. That That is not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, it is not supposed to be like that. That is, uh, yeah, that's definitely an, an equipment failure. So I'm sure uh, there'll be some some memos flying about that over in Vegas real soon. No so doubt about it. Here at Thin Blue Line TV, we have been censored, deplatformed, demonetized, pretty much just destroyed by the big tech tyrants over the last two and a half years. We've been locked out of, I, I believe, 29 Facebook pages, kicked off YouTube, all the things. So for us to continue and keep going, it is very important that you support those who support us. Our good friends at Safe Life Defense create awesome body armor and tactical gear, not just for law enforcement, but for civilians too. Check out this quick video. Nearly every day, I'm asked whether or not our vest will stop multiple hits. This is the Safe Life Defense Multi-Threat Armor System. this answers your question. Let's talk about police accountability boards. In, in one of my least favorite cities that I would never be a cop in, Rochester, New York. Um, Rochester, it has tons and tons of infighting with these woke politicians um, who, who are part of this police accountability board. And they got caught on video recently. And it's, it's quite the video to see uh, the Rochester Police Locust Club, which is basically their association, their union. They caught them. So they, they tweeted this out. Um, there's there's a, a tweet, if you can pull it up, Zach, while I'm talking. Uh, it, it shows basically there was an election party for one of the city council elects out of Rochester. Uh, police accountability board members were present and they uh, went into a nice little chant of F the police. So uh, there's the tweet that got them in trouble and let's roll that video.
that is a video with not only city councilmen from Rochester, it's, it's, a, it's a party for an election win for a city councilman. You've got the police accountability board, the, the, the Rochester Locust Club, they were circling who's who and they have them all identified. They haven't even denied this. Um, you know, the executive director of the board quoted out at the end of the event, one candidate said some comments and chants that I neither supported nor participated in. One, the entire room is F the police, F these yeah. racist police, we're taking our street. There, there's much more of the video. We didn't have time to play the whole thing. So is this not a great example of what a, a, a civilian review board actually looks like? Yeah, you know, this is really scary stuff. Um, and now, so this guy who just got elected, it's, it's interesting to know that their mayor just got diselected after being indicted for all kinds of criminal activity. Her husband's a drug dealer. That's the mayor. So now we got a city councilman who they just elected, who clearly um, uh, uh, leans towards the the defund the police movement. Okay, so that's who they're putting into office, which is really scary in and of itself. Now we have this this police accountability board, and the fact that that this was their mantra, um, if if why aren't they being held accountable for their actions? That's what I'd like to know. Why is it always the cops that are being held accountable? How about this? How about the these elected officials being held accountable and these appointed in, individuals being held accountable? They, they clearly do not have uh, the ability to be fair with their law enforcement. They need to go. Oh, they're just these woke radical leftists that are embedding everywhere, you know, like your DAs, your police chiefs, your accountability boards, your mayors, all these people are just stacking the deck. Like if you're a cop in Rochester, after all that's happened there and, and all the different, you know, Daniel Prude's incident, there's, there's a lot going on in Rochester currently. How can you go to work, get in that black and white with your vest and, and, and your gun belt on and go out and be a proactive policeman? and go after the bad guys with the guns, knowing that, that your own civilian board and your city council absolutely hate you. Like what chances do you, like what are they doing to the morale? Oh, it, well, this is, this is a prime example of why cops are leaving in unprecedented rates. Um, I mean, look at uh, Chicago just announced that, was it today or yesterday? They had, they've had more retirements in the last six months than in the last two years combined. Uh, why are cops leaving? Because they are no longer, um, they, they, they just can't take this type of nonsense. But let's talk about, about um, something interesting that happened at LAPD regarding civilian review board, because it, it, it shows the, it shows the, the uh, how the climate is, is so bizarre. So a police sergeant um, was uh, uh, brought up on charges by the police chief for a meme that had uh, said that was that was uh, a picture of George Floyd, and then the meme was "You take my breath away," and it was sent out as a Valentine's Valentine's meme, right? So a sergeant, a sergeant brought that to the attention of his supervisor to complain about it, saying that. This was this was going around, right? So what happens? The chief 
tries to fire him for bringing it to the attention for 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 showing this and he and the chief gives this this incredible they will feel my wrath I, so that that chief is a, is a complete moron so they have what's called a board of review there now the board of review they can choose either two command level officers and a civilian or two civilians and a command officer well this officer chose the civilians instead of the command officers and they said he didn't do anything wrong and they just and they just threw it right in the face of that moron <laughs> of a chief of theirs so well, it shows you the difference but it's nice to see it actually work out with a civilian review board at all ever I, that, that might be the only example of something good yeah. that's come from one of those <laughs> things that are even here you know that lapd chief he is awful he absolutely awful. He stands with george gascon he he He's side by side. Even look, Alex Villanueva, the LA County Sheriff. That's my my first and you know favorite department, right? That I work for. I'm not a big fan of him. He's a progressive. He's he he you know he he's all about sanctuary cities and all this stuff. However, he has gone to bat for the people in LA and fought against or fought to recall George Gascon, this this Soros DA that's stuck in there. But you see the LAPD chief standing side by side and supporting him and that and that's a great great example of the difference between sheriffs and and police chiefs yeah. and why i always tell people like you you have to have a great sheriff but good luck with your police chief there are some good ones but those are political appointees by the mayor period and that's it and that's what you're going to get and that's why you see them supporting this stuff and and, and doing this ridiculous nonsense so big blue city chiefs it's absolutely disaster out there not, not only that, but he's also a kneeler. He's one. He's one of the kneelers who kneels in uniform to support Black Lives Matter. Ugh, this last year and a half has been exhausting, or whatever it's been. I guess it's only been a year or whatever, but it's it's changing America faster than I like, and, and in the wrong direction. Yeah, absolutely. And and this and this video from from uh, um, Rochester, I, I think it. I think it's it says volumes about the the uh, tone that the officers are facing over there yeah and I, I don't know how they're expected to win in that situation where you have the public against them the media against them half the politicians against them their own departments against them the board the boards yeah. the, you know, it's just it's ridiculous so all right so let's let's talk about something positive and you know not to talk you up too much randy but you know we, we've known each other for a while and I've, and I've spent a lot of time with you on marketing your organization it's a nonprofit called the wounded blue and you know you're out here doing all the things traveling all over the country pre-covid pushing this organization working your ass off a lot of people are, are doing that with you doing big things and you're not in there for the money right this is a nonprofit. you're not online trying to make a buck you actually believe in this and care about it and uh, i brought you here to talk top videos and all that too, but I want you to get the message of the Wounded Blue. So tell everybody out there what it is and then what's going on new with it and all that good stuff. Well, I appreciate that, Ray. And and this organization is called the Wounded Blue. It's the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. It's a fairly new organization. We actually launched during Police Week in May of 2019. And here's an amazing, uh, point that that during that time it's been a little over two years now we've helped more than seven thousand american law enforcement officers in just that time 
So it shows you the scope of the issues. Now, when I say injuries, they can be physical or they can be emotional because we all know that post-traumatic stress injury can be as real as a bullet. So what we do is we provide peer support for injured and disabled officers all over this country. And this is where I'm going to talk up my team because I got to tell you, Ray, I work with some of the most giving, selfless individuals I've ever met in my life. Every single person that's on my peer team has been an officer, and some still are, but most have been uh, hurt in the line of duty or injured in a way that doesn't allow them to be cops anymore. They're disabled. Um, every one of my team has been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up, and screwed over. And what they do is they work with, with other officers who are facing challenges, whether those challenges are physical injuries or emotional injuries, to let them know that they are not alone, that there really is a blue family that cares about them. And, and literally, we're saving lives. Because one thing I found, you know, I, you know this story, but the, most of the viewers do not. And that is that the only reason I retired as a lieutenant with Las Vegas Metro PD was because I had a stroke in my police car. And my own department turned its back on me and, and didn't pay my medical bills and forced me to go to court to do it, to get them to pay. Um, it, was a, it was a terrible battle and terrible, you know, left me with very bitter feelings towards my own agency. But that was a stroke. We have cops getting shot. We have cops getting run over, cops getting in traffic accidents that are, that are disabling. And they're getting substandard medical care. If they, get, if they get any medical care in, in some cases, they are thrown away by their departments. They're given ultimatums that they don't return to work, even though they're, they're still injured, they're going to get fired. This is happening all over the country. Nobody knows about it. So letting people know that this is actually an issue has been a real challenge for us. We have a, an amazing documentary film uh, on Amazon.com called um, The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. Um, if you go to Amazon.com, just put the wounded blue in there, and it's a 72-minute full documentary uh, directed by a, a retired cop who's a, a hell of a filmmaker, Jason Harney from Las Vegas Metro PD. And also on YouTube, we have a six-part series called uh, um, The Wounded Blue and The Voices of the Blue. It's uh, it's under it's actually under my name, Randy Sutton. So the fact that this that this issue even exists. Um, my whole goal is that my organization no longer need to exist, that, that we change the laws to protect the officers, that administrations stop being so callous and work with their cops to do the best for them. But I also know as well as you do, Ray, that that's a dream. It'll never happen. So we have to mitigate as much as we can the damage being done to our cops around this country. And with, with a team like what, what that I have, everybody's a trained peer team counselor. Everybody's been through some very intense training. And some of these guys and, and women are working, you know, nobody gets paid. Nobody gets paid in the whole organization. And they're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week working with these, with these damaged officers. So we're doing amazing work. Um, I could, I, like I said, my team is... Can you imagine after going through everything they've gone through, they still want to serve? They still want to be a part of something that, that, they are, that they are serving their communities and the people that they respect the most, their own brothers and sisters, officers. So um, for anybody that is, that is 
current or active duty law enforcement or retired or has, has, has faced these issues, we ask you to reach out to us. You go to thewoundedblue.org, tell us that, that you know, just con- do a connection page um, message to us and we'll contact you. We have great resources to help officers who are in trouble. Um, we have an amazing program that we give with the money that we raise we give this program to disabled and injured officers called Code for Total Wellness. They get 24-hour-a-day telemedicine with licensed MDs. They get a prescription uh, program that is amazing, discounts, um, discounts on medical imaging, and most important, what we call CAPER, the Confidential Assistance Program for Emergency Responders. They get unlimited access with uh, appointments with licensed psychologists for them and their families. And we give this for free to officers who are in need. So um, we urge you to contact us. And and for those of you that support law enforcement, I beg you to go to our website. Um, we are in def- desperate need of raising money. Um, I've had, I can't tell you how many, how many companies have said to me, Randy, we really love what you're doing, but we can't be involved because you're the police. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. But um, but that that's that's it in a nutshell, right? Um, we do have a, a, an amazing um, program coming up, a training program coming up in October that I'm really excited about because part of our part of our our strategy to combat what's going on with policing is education. So we've got the best instructors in the country coming in on October 28th through the 30th in Las Vegas to the Law Enforcement Survival Summit. Dr. Kevin Gilmartin is going to be there, the man who wrote the book, Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement. Dave and Betsy Smith, who are legends in law enforcement training. He's also known as J.D. Buck Savage. Jason Schechterly, the Phoenix officer who survived a, um, a fire that uh, that that literally changed his life forever. His story is absolutely amazing. Sloan Green, a um, uh, Marine aviator, whose story is incredible. Uh, Dr. Andrew Paul, I got Vicki Newman who wrote How to Love Your Cop. Every aspect of surviving a law enforcement career is going to be addressed at this summit. And, um, and not only that, but Thursday night, the first night, we've got Mike Mancini, is going to be performing the world's funniest cop on Friday night. This is going. To, this there'll, there'll never be. There never has been a, a police conference like this. One of our speakers is named Ryan Weaver. He's a retired uh, Black Hawk helicopter pilot. Both of his brothers were Black Hawk pilots, and both of them were killed in action. And so he speaks about surviving grief, but he's also an award-winning country music performer. And he is smoking it. And he is going, we found a sponsor who's going to fly in his whole band. And Friday night of the summit, there's going to be a full-on country concert for the for the people who are attending. Um, so this is, this is going to be an amazing event. Um, any officer, if you have only one training opportunity, this is the one you want to see. Just go to the uh, thewoundedblue.org, look under events, and you'll find it. It's only 295 bucks. It's at the Ahern Hotel, which is a great boutique hotel, and the, the rates are less than 100 bucks a night. 
And, and, and you know, Ray, when we think about the citizens who support law enforcement, the Martin Harris Construction Company made this possible. I went to go see Guy Martin, who, who was the owner, and I asked him to sponsor our Brothers in Blue Bash, which is Saturday night on the 30th. And I was asking him for, you know, a $5,000 donation. And he looked at me and he said, I love what you're doing for the law enforcement. How can we help you in your mission? And basically, he's he is underwriting the cost of this, of this um, summit. And uh, by that, we're going to be able to touch the lives and save the lives of, uh, of, of numbers of cops. So that's, that's the, that's really the, it in a nutshell about the wounded blue. And if anybody's got any questions, they can contact me personally, uh, Randy at the wounded blue.org. Yeah. You're doing amazing things over there. I'm going to get my ass out to Vegas for that. And, and, uh, the bash later, and we'll have you come back and, and talk about that. Um, if you're looking for info, obviously the woundedblue.org, we'll have it all in the show notes here. You know, we'll, we'll get it out there, get that information. You know, you were mentioning that, you know, the big problem is people don't know this stuff happens, right? Like just to get back into the, the mission of the Wounded Blue, people don't know that cops get screwed over all the time from their own departments. Like a lot of these departments turn into like nasty corporations that are worried about how much they're gonna have to pay out in a settlement or retirement from a cop who just got shot, stabbed, run over, screwed up his back, whatever. They go into this risk management mode and, and treat these cops like, like numbers. The same cops that are out there risking their lives and getting screwed up doing the job to protect people, that goes out the window. And, and it's really sad that an organization needs to exist like the Wounded Blue, but I'm glad it does. So like we gotta get it out there more and more because it, it's not right what happens to cops in this country. Like they're only, and this isn't all departments, right? Like there's no blanket statement. All departments are bad and, and treat, treat cops like shit. However, right. many, many of them, you're only good to, and I'm talking to the admin. I'm not talking to, you know, sergeant, lieutenant level. I'm talking to the administrators, the number crunchers, the county civilian employees who pay, pay the checks, all these people. They only care about getting your, their hours out of you on the road. And right. if you're not filling that box, then you're worthless to them. And, and it's it's awful. So thewoundedblue.org, you, you guys do amazing work. Make sure you go to Amazon, buy the movie. Don't rent it. Buy the movie. Show everyone you can. Tell everyone you can about the movie. Go on YouTube. Watch these shows. This stuff is important. So get over to there. Randy works all day, all night on this stuff, and, and it's a great cause. So. Randy, we appreciate you coming here, and uh, there'll be more from the Wounded Blue. We'll put it out on Thin Blue Line TV. Thanks, man. Well, it's always appreciated, Ray. Thanks so much. Hey, you made it this far, so thanks for watching. We're back with a full episode every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific. You can watch that. You can watch the segments as we put them out through the week of the different interviews that we're doing um, on ThinBlueLineTV.com. Again, thank you for our support. Please go to our website, ThinBlueLineTV.com, and follow us on social. See you next week. Nearly every day, I'm asked whether or not our vest will stop multiple hits. This is the Safe Life Defense Multi-Threat Armor System.
I hope this answers your question.